This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi everybody, it's Andrew Tate, and this is Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks, the world's best podcast about the world's worst vacations. We've done a dozen episodes now, and we've noticed a pattern in how these terrible trips unfold. Rarely is it one incident or major catastrophe that sours an entire well-planned, extremely anticipated vacation. Rather, it's a series of unfortunate events. One thing goes wrong after another, as if things have been set into motion by angry gods or the cruel and unfeeling universe executing the perimeters of a curse. Our episodes depict vacations of unrelenting annoyance and minor panics, which culminate and aggregate into an exceptionally bad time for our innocent, vacation-seeking protagonists. All of that tracks for this week's guest, but things also seem a bit darker. Maybe it's because I've got a personal connection, and so I tend to feel a hint more empathy, and the instinctive need to be defensive against cruel and anonymous forces. Today's guest is my cousin and friend, Dwayne. He took a trip that was supposed to be a relaxing, easygoing trip to Cuba. Resorts, nature, biking, horseback riding, beaches. It sounds absolutely fantastic. Heck. It sounds pretty great, even after hearing about Dwayne's horrendous time. But a good time was not had by all, or anyone, really. Unless your idea of a good time involves continuous loss of cash and safety, our family certainly doesn't think so. And so then, here's my rollicking and unbelievable interview with my cousin Dwayne. This is Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks, episode 12, Family No Fair, or Losing Clams at the Beach. So in 2017, Barack Obama opened up travel to Americans to be able to go to Cuba. And my wife and I found out about it and we're super excited. We're like, this is a possibly once in a lifetime experience. We got to go try it out and see if we can get in while it's allowed. So we invited a bunch of people. Uh, It ended up being myself, my wife, my sister, her husband, my father-in-law, and our two best friends, Marie and Phil. So there's a seven of us, and we started looking around for places to stay and couldn't really find much. We were searching on Airbnb, and we finally found a house. We're like, okay, this is perfect. It's huge. We can all stay there, and it'll work out great. The only problem was that that house didn't have any reviews. And now we're all experienced travelers. 
we've been to a lot of different countries that are less safe than the United States. We weren't too worried, but we should have known better. Yeah. But we decided to go ahead and do it. <laughs> so we booked it. <laughs> we showed up. We got there. The house was beautiful. The host seemed great. He was very friendly and nice. We chatted with him a little bit, and he said that he had some bikes we could rent. We're like, okay, great. So we're like, we'll start out the first day with some bikes, and it'll be nice. So did everything at the Airbnb look exactly as it did in the pictures? Were there any surprises with it? No, it was perfect. It was exactly what we expected. Well, I mean, somebody's got to get their first review somehow, so maybe you guys ended up being like the first one. Yeah, yeah, we were the first people that had stayed there, I guess. I think he had hosted people through other ways, but he was new to Airbnb. So when we got there, we weren't disappointed. Uh, we, it looked like the photos did, and the host was friendly, so it was what we expected. Nice. So you guys hop on your bikes? Yep. We spent the night, the next morning we got up, we had breakfast. Breakfast was wonderful. At the Airbnb, the host provided it. It was perfect. We go out for the bike rides that the host also provided, and... Like some foreshadowing, I guess, of how the rest of the trip was going to go. One of the bikes broke down in the middle of our ride, and we were stuck there for a long time in the heat. Finally, uh, somebody just happened to go by that was able to fix it and kind of ruined the bike ride a little bit, but we're used to traveling like this. I mean, things can go yeah. wrong, whatever. So we go back, and we talk with the host, and he's like, hey, why don't we go get some dinner? And we told him that we wanted to go to a place that was like a local place that would be authentic, and we would really get to experience Cuba the way that the people that live there do. And he's like, okay, okay, let's go. So he took us to a restaurant, and when we got there, we're like, wow, this seems like a very touristy restaurant. <laughs> it doesn't seem like locals <laughs> go here at all. So while we were sitting there, he goes, oh, this is my friend. He has a bunch of horses, and what do you guys think about going for a horseback ride? We're all excited. We're like, that sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. We've done that before on some of our other trips, and that was the highlight of the trip. So we're like, that's perfect. So he's like, yeah, yeah, he would love to do that. And we're like, okay. He's like, it's a private tour. It'll be just the seven of you and him, and he'll take you to a coffee farm and a sugarcane plantation, and then you'll end at a waterfall. That sounds perfect. So he showed us some pictures of the waterfall and we're like, that's beautiful. Like, I can't wait. And he's like, well, just to like kind of give you a little bit of a heads up, it's the dry season right now. So it's not quite as impressive. He's like, still beautiful, but it's not quite as impressive as the photo. This was taken during the rainy season. So mm -hmm. just to set realistic expectations, we're like, okay, cool. This guy's honest. That's great. In the morning, he shows up at the house on a horse and he's like, all right, walk with me. So he's on the horse and we follow him along. We go to uh, this stable, I guess, where there were tons. There were probably 45 other people all waiting to get on horses. Like in a line? So you had to wait behind all these people? No, it was just chaos. They were just everywhere. Everybody looked confused. Everybody was like, wait, I thought this was a private tour. Everybody else thought the same thing. Okay. So the way they sell it is, oh yeah, it's a private tour. Yeah. But it's not. <laughs> it's not. Not even close. They came up and they're like, oh, it looks like we might not have enough horses. Are some of you guys okay with riding in a wagon? We're not. <laughs> we paid for a horseback riding tour. We're going to go ahead and ride on horses or otherwise we're not going to do it. So he went and they, they found other tourists that volunteered and were like, okay, yeah, we'll ride in the wagon. So we all got horses. We started out on the tour and it was immediately apparent that these horses had been mistreated. Oh, no. They were scrawny. Looked like they hadn't had enough to eat. They had like sores all over them. They seemed pretty skittish. They were scared of everything. And 
it was just this big group of probably 45, 50 people. And these are all mostly tourists like you guys? All tourists, completely. Okay. No locals at all. So you guys are all like, uh, this doesn't seem right. Yeah, exactly. So the guide or whatever you want to call him is riding on his horse in the back. And he's got a big whip. And all of these horses are just like terrified. They're trying to run to get in front of each other and get away from him. They're malnourished, but they're terrified of him. So they don't want to go, but they want to go to get away from him. Wow. So all the horses are like running away from this guy. It's terrible. We all feel bad for the horses. This is not good. At one point, one of the other tourists that was not with us, their horse just like took off into the woods trying to run away. The woman that was on the horse didn't get hurt or anything, but she was just terrified, just crying and screaming, saying she wanted to go back. She was done. We showed up at the sugarcane plantation, and that was also not a sugarcane plantation. What was it? Just a field? It was a restaurant. Oh, was it at least called the sugarcane plantation restaurant? I don't even know what it was called. That, that like I have no idea. But it was supposed to include a sugarcane tasting at the sugarcane plantation. So they're like, yeah, yeah, we have sugarcane juice. You can taste it. It's freshly squeezed. Okay, we go up there and they're like, it's $2. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not going to pay money. It was supposed to be included. We told him, you said it was included. And he's like, oh, I did? I, I don't think so. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> okay, fine. Here, it's free. You can have some. So he gave us a little bit to taste. There was no coffee farm ever. Like, I don't know that he mentioned that, but it never happened. So we kept riding after we were done. We were all kind of protesting, refusing to pay for any more. They would only give us a little tiny bit to taste. And then they wanted us to buy some, trying to just get more money. So we refused to pay because we were unhappy with how things were going so far. We're like, let's just get to the waterfall. We'll swim. It'll be fun. So we get back on the horses. The horses are still angry. They seem even angrier now that it's starting to get hot. And they're very displeased. At one point... One of the horses turns its head and it leans over and it bites my sister. Whoa, seriously? Yep. I had never heard of a horse biting someone before and we later found out. <laughs> I always assumed that they could. They've got those big teeth, but I, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that was a, a threat around horses. I always just think getting bucked off of them or them kicking you, but never getting bitten. Yep. So... We talked to a few people later and found out that it's very, very uncommon. Um, they don't really typically bite people. So she's in excruciating pain. Um, we are with all these people. We said we wanted to go back. They're like, no, let's finish. Uh, we're almost there. If you guys will stick it out. We keep going. We make it to the waterfall. There is no waterfall at all. It is a giant mud hole. <laughs> One thing I left out on the way there, we got stopped by like a park ranger uh -huh. and the park ranger told us that we had to pay the fee to get into the national park. And we later found out that that wasn't really a park ranger. It's just like a tourist trap. They stand there and ask for money. So we, we went ahead and paid that. So anyways, we get to the waterfall or the mud hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we get to the mud hole. Like, this is nothing like the pictures. We just sit there. Some of the tourists actually climbed in the water. We're like, you're going to get some sort of disease. So we sat there for a while and waited until everybody was done. And we headed back. When we got back, we asked for our money back. This was clearly a scam. Like, we paid for one thing. We were sold and shown pictures and told that it would be this. And it was not. Yeah, perfectly fair to ask for a refund. Yeah, it was the same guy, by the way, at the restaurant that told us what we were going to be getting that was riding one of the horses. 
So he was there. <laughs> He's like, yeah, this is what it'll be. And then he shows up and then takes us. And we're like, this is not what you told us just yesterday. <laughs> they probably just expect tourists to just be like, oh, well, I guess I'll never do that again. And yep. a continual scam. Yeah. And when you don't speak the language, it's really difficult too. Yeah, exactly. They don't expect people to actually speak up about it. Yep. So they ended up giving us our money back and we headed back. And when we get back to the Airbnb, the host walks out the front door as we walk up and he's got a friend with him and he says, oh, how did it go? And we said, well, terribly, my sister got bit by a horse. And he says, oh, my goodness, that's awful. Is she OK? We're like, well, I'm not really sure. It bit her on the leg, like the upper thigh, and she had jeans on, so it didn't cut her or anything, but it's really swollen. And the host said, you're in luck. My friend right here is a doctor. Ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Like I said, we're experienced travelers, but on this trip, we made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. So we're like, oh, great. A doctor. What a crazy, awesome coincidence. Can you check it out for us? And he's like, yeah. He takes a look at it and he says it's pretty serious and that she needs to take it easy and she really shouldn't get up and move around much because there's a risk that there would be blood clots. Hmm. And if she moves around, the blood clots will break loose and could cause her heart to stop or her to have a stroke. Oh, wow. Okay, so I I always thought the opposite. I'm not a doctor. But I always thought that moving around was best for those types of things. But uh, what do I know? (laughs) Yeah. So we're like, oh, my goodness, that sounds very serious. We should maybe go to a doctor, like a hospital. A hospital. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you don't want to do that in Cuba. The hospitals are no good and there are none anywhere nearby. Okay. We're like, ah, bummer. He's like, but I'm a doctor. And he showed us some paperwork. He's like, "I'm, I'm a doctor. So we decided to go ahead and trust him. So we're like, okay, we'll take it easy. Meanwhile, Danielle, your sister is probably freaking out. Oh, yeah. You bring up blood clots and aneurysms and (laughs) try to have fun on a vacation. Yep. So the next day we get up, my sister stays back to just rest with her husband. And the other five of us go out and we head kind of down to the beach. And there's some people that are snorkeling there. Go talk to them. And it turns out that they have a little like scuba diving business and We were like, oh, that'd be awesome. We like scuba diving. We'd like to try that out. Kind of become friends with them a little bit. Mm. Mm -hmm. They're really nice. And the story comes up of what happened. And this is where the vacation really takes a giant shift for the worst. These people tell us, oh, no, you're in really big trouble. We're like, "Uh, what do you mean? They go, we've already heard about this story. And it's going through town. And you aren't the first tourists who've been bit by a horse. And if anyone in government finds out about this, there's going to be really, really big consequences. For who? For this tour group. Okay. Does that include you or the people that gave you the quote unquote tour? The local people who gave us the tour. Oh, okay. So they're going to get in trouble if the government finds out that you got bit by a horse. Yes. So we're like, okay, great. That's not a problem. We don't mind. (laughs) They should. They should get in trouble. I have to butt in here. That is a sentence I never thought I would say. If the government finds out you got bit by a horse, they're going to get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. We're like, that's perfect. We want them to get in trouble. They should. This was awful. They scammed us. We did get our money back, but it was still a complete scam. Mm -hmm. And the people go, you got your money back? 
And we're like, yeah, we told them we wanted our money back. You go, oh, that was probably not a good idea either. Okay. You go, okay, there's more to this story than what we were going to tell you, but you're pretty involved. So it turns out that the person that you're staying with is the head of a black market tourist cartel. Tourist cartel. Okay, what's a tourist cartel? Apparently he owns pretty much all the tourism in that area. Uh-huh. And it is all not sanctioned by the government of Cuba. It's extremely corrupt and it's all pretty much scams. Oh, okay. But also they let us know that he's extremely powerful in the community because tourism is one of the main incomes in Cuba. So he uh-huh. has a massive income compared to everyone else. Oh, wow. So you guys got like a target on your back. Yeah, to say the least. The reason the doctor showed up was to prevent us from going to the hospital, which these locals told us was right around the corner. Oh, my God. So someone from the tour group called and gave our host, who is their boss, a heads up that we were coming back and had been bit by a horse. So that's why the doctor was at his house. Wow. Okay, so it was all planned. Yep. That guy probably wasn't even a doctor. Yeah, I'm not sure. Not that it actually matters, but still. Yep. The group told us that at this point, we should really get out of there. We're like, what do you mean get out of there? He's like, you guys need to leave the town now. Like, well, can we go to the police? And they said, no, he owns the police. What? This is like a movie. Yeah. I can't believe I've never heard this story. This is crazy. (laughs) But okay, well, all of our luggage is back at his place, and he's in the process of setting up a taxi for us to leave the next day. And they're like, oh, goodness, that is really bad. They said, do not get in his taxi. They said, you do not know where that taxi will take you, and you do not want to get in it. Yeah. Like, okay, well, we don't really speak much Spanish, and how are we going to get out of here? It's starting to get late, and how are we going to get out of here? They're like, okay, well... Maybe one of us could drive you out of here. But it's it's getting late. And they're like, yeah, but you can't go back there. All of our luggage was still there. So they told us, why don't you send two of the guys back to go get the luggage and don't bring anything valuable? So my father-in-law and my sister's boyfriend at the time went back and they did what they were told and didn't bring their wallets. They didn't bring any money. And when they got there, the Airbnb host had hid all of our luggage and told us that we couldn't have our luggage back until we paid back the money for the horseback riding tour. So what what happened next? They told them, well, we we don't have any money. We didn't bring anything. We have nothing with us. Oh, yeah, because they told you not to take anything. Yeah, these people knew. They were so helpful. And I don't know what would have happened if we hadn't run into those people. So they told them we don't have any money. Somebody came walking out of the bedroom of the house that had been hiding and walked over and grabbed my father-in-law and the host walked over and grabbed my sister's boyfriend and they grabbed them both and pushed them into recliner chairs and stood over top of them and said, you need to pay me now. Whoa. So they're terrified, but didn't have anything with them. So they're like, well, I, I can't pay you. I don't have any money. We just want our luggage so we can leave. And they told them, we will find you. And we will kill you if you don't pay us. Wow, just for some tour guide money. They ended up giving them their luggage and they left. They came back to the house of the people that we had become friends with at that point. Sure. And 
when they got back there, it was starting to get dark. It was getting really late. And we put all of our luggage on top of the car. They use electrical wire and tire luggage to the roof. Mm -hmm. Because remember, there are seven of us. So that's a lot of luggage. It's a lot of luggage and a lot of people that have to fit in the car. So there's a driver and then the seven of us. And there was one other person that wanted to come along. So a total of nine of us that are going to ride in this car to Havana. It's about a two to three hour drive. We all pile into the car. The person that was riding along goes and gets a can of diesel and puts it into the back of the car. Mm -hmm. And when he does it, it knocks over and spills diesel all over the floor of the car. Great. So we get to ride all the way there smelling diesel the whole way. Mm -hmm. He climbs in. There's nine of us in this car. We are sitting on each other's laps to get out of here. And one of their friends walks by and goes, where are you guys headed? And they say, we're, we're headed to Havana. And he goes, oh, I want to go. <laughs> in a flammable car. <laughs> yeah. He says, oh, I want to go. So he grabs a bar stool and puts it next to one of the bench seats and climbs in while smoking a cigar. Okay, so he's smoking a cigar in your a classic car filled with diesel fuel that's also all over the floor. Got it. Yeah, but but luckily, the floor of the vehicle is so rusted that you can actually see the road below it. <laughs> so it just leaked through. Yeah, the diesel just goes through. So we start driving back to Havana, and we're still pretty terrified because the whole like threatening to kill us thing. Right. Which, by the way, in Cuba, whenever you check into a B&B, you give them all a copy of everyone's passports. So they know who we are exactly yeah. and like everything about us. So we're terrified heading back like 10 minutes into our drive. A police officer pulls us over. The driver gets out and walks to the police car, which is apparently what you do in Cuba. Oh, weird. And comes back to the car and is just pale and gets back in the car and doesn't say a word and just keeps driving. I just I think about walking up to the police officer instead of them walking up to you like they do here. Just walking up to the police car and be like, excuse me, officer, do you know why you pulled me over? <laughs> <laughs> so he's white as a ghost. So he's white as a ghost. He gets back in the car and just keeps driving and doesn't say anything. We're all terrified just sitting there quietly. Like 10 minutes later, another cop pulls us over. The same thing. The guy gets out, walks back to the cop car, comes and gets back in the car and just keeps driving. This happens like five or six times before finally the one person in our group that speaks some Spanish asks, what's happening? Like, this is weird. Why are we being pulled over continuously? And he says, well, in Cuba, it's illegal for a local to drive a tourist without permission and without a license. So they're illegally transporting you. <laughs> yep. We're like, what's going to happen? And he said, Nothing to you guys. Don't worry about it. But like these people that are helping us are now in trouble. You could tell from his demeanor and the way that he was acting, it was a really big deal and he was terrified. Mm -hmm. We're following along on a GPS, watching where we're driving, and we're not headed towards Havana. That's where our next place that we're supposed to stay is at. That's where the airport out of this country is at. Yeah. We're going the wrong direction. But none of us really know what to do. We just sit there in the back and watch the mm -hmm. GPS as we're driving a different direction. We go this really, really roundabout way and end up making our way back towards Havana. And we finally arrive in Havana in the middle of the night. And when we get there, 
we're trying to find the exact house that we're staying at. And I lean over and I show the driver my phone and I'm like, well, it says it should be like right here. And he looks at me and he goes, you have a GPS? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He goes, we've been driving around lost for the past two hours. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we're like, oh, wow. We were just terrified. We had no idea. We we're like, are they driving us off into the middle of nowhere to kill us for this guy? Like, Yeah, exactly. We had no clue what's going on. We were so far in over our heads that we didn't know what we were doing. He ended up taking us back. We spent the next few days in Havana and it was not great. Our trip was pretty much ruined by our experience. It was hard to come back from that. Yeah, of course. How was Danielle, your sister? Oh, I left out part of it. So while we were in that city before we left, we ended up going to the tourist hospital. Okay. And they checked it out and they told her that the reason that the other doctor who they said was probably actually a doctor. Oh. The reason that he told her not to move around mm -hmm. was because he wasn't able to give her a prescription because he was worried about actually reporting the incident. Yeah, that makes sense. So she needed antibiotics. According to this doctor, without the antibiotics, there was a risk of that. But now that they gave her the antibiotics, she should be fine. Interesting. So antibiotics would stop blood clotting. I didn't know that. This was still in Cuba, so I don't know. Yeah, so maybe. Hey, we're not doctors again. Listener, don't don't take, <laughs> don't take our word for that. I don't believe that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. When she got back to the United States, she asked some of the doctors here, and they were just like, I really don't know. They're like, I've never heard of a horse bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she went to like three or four doctors, and they all said the same thing. I've never treated a horse bite. Like I said, we got back to Havana, and we were able to get out of the country safely. Mm -hmm. We did get a phone call from him again. And we actually recorded the whole call. Good. And we have audio of him saying, you know who I am now, and you know that I am powerful, and I have people in the United States too, and my people will find you in the United States, and they will kill you. Whoa. Okay. Um, well, it being 2023, I'm guessing that hasn't happened yet. So far, not yet. But... <laughs> <laughs> We don't exactly live our lives in fear of that happening anymore. That's <laughs> probably just a scare tactic, yeah. I, I doubt that this small-time tourist scam guy has friends all over the U.S. that are searching for somebody who owes him for one trip. <laughs> yeah. We had actually haggled on the price of that trip, too. I mean, a total of maybe for all seven of us, like $40 or something like that. <laughs> Jeez. Looking back now, if we had just said forget it and not really worried about it, maybe the trip yeah. would have been fine. <laughs> True. Good point. Aside from the horse bite. Yeah. So we made it back. We got on our flight. It's kind of funny. I've been on a lot of international flights. And on this flight, when the flight landed in the United States, the whole plane erupted in cheers. And I have never experienced that on any flight other than this one. Me neither. I mean, I've heard of that happening. I feel like it's happened like in a movie or a TV show or something, but it's never happened to me in person. And I've done a fair share of flights. Yep. So everyone was very glad to be back home. <laughs> everyone was excited to be back in the United States and out of that awful, awful country. Man, that sounds like a nightmare. Yep. So all of that to say, I do not recommend a trip to Cuba. The people other than the tourist cartel were amazing people, but the way that the government is there right now is terrible. Yeah. I love traveling and I love meeting locals. Yeah, you you go all over the place, man. You've, you've got plenty of stories. You're traveling at least every year, right? Yeah, we normally go on two international trips per year. 
we've definitely got our stories from other places, but this was by far the worst. Yeah, definitely. Well, man, I'm so glad you're safe. I can't believe I haven't heard this story until now. Then again, we don't exactly get to spend a lot of time together. We need to get you out here. But uh, yeah, man, thanks so much for sharing the story. I'm sure I'll have a million questions down the road. And if any listeners have any questions, by all means, send them in. Dwayne's just a, a text away. I'm glad you guys made it back safe. And thanks for coming on, man. Yep, thank you. Thanks, Dwayne. Great to have you on the show. Hopefully I'll see you again soon. Dwayne is family, of course, and we look at our relatives to learn about life, the world, and everything in it. And on that note, here's another installment of Andrew's Travel Tips. Tip number one, a lot of money disputes and future headaches can be avoided. Whenever possible, if possible, utilize services like prepayment, contracts, all-inclusive deals, and even that old stalwart traveler's checks. The boomers were right. Those things are handy. Tip number two, know the language. You don't have to know the native language of your travel destination to have a good time, but it can certainly enhance your enjoyment of an area if you're that brain deep on the culture and communication. Barring that, have somebody in your party who can communicate effectively if things get rough or find some kind of translation program on your phone. There are lots of them. Tip number three, respect the horses. They're wild animals and they don't mess around. Enjoy horses, but appreciate them. Also, fear them a little. Hey, horses are kind of a metaphor for travel, aren't they? Until next time, travelers, or horrified, vicarious travelers, thanks for listening to Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks. If you could write a review wherever you get your podcasts, that would be terrific. It helps us out in so many ways, both in business and sentimental ways. And as you're already on your phone right now, why not follow the show? You can find us and follow us over at Paradise Sucks Pod on Instagram. And follow me too at Let's Not Meet Cast on Instagram as well. You'll get lots of news and updates about series and upcoming episodes and other little treasures. Also, please check out my other shows, Let's Not Meet, a true horror podcast, and Odd Trails over at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got the worst vacation experience, we want to hear about it. Please email us at welcometoparadiseitsucks at gmail.com. Welcome to Paradise It Sucks is a collaboration between Cloud10 Media and Cryptic County. The executive producers are Andrew Tate and Sim Sarna. The producers and writers are Brian Boone and Devin Ruskin. The audio engineer is Trevin Barty. And hey, don't forget to make life your beach. So long. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.